0: Wow, thank you guys so much for being here tonight. It is an honor and a privilege to be here. My name is Pastor Connor. I'm the Connections Pastor here at the Apple Valley Campus and I'm so excited, again, honored and privileged that I get a chance to speak here tonight. I want to say before we go any further, if we could give another round of applause to our elders, uh, our lead pastor, Pastor Rob, and our executives, Darren and Chris, because they believe in us, in us young pastors to preach up here. So if we could give a round of applause to them. We are so thankful, so grateful. Thank you guys for allowing me to speak. And uh, if you know me, or maybe if you don't know me, uh, I, I like to be funny. I like to have fun. So I want to start off. With a little bit of fun, if that's all right with you guys tonight. We're gonna to take a look, uh, we're gonna look at door fails. I don't know if you've ever thought about this or, or looked into it, trust me, it'll, it'll tie into the message, so it'll make sense in a second. But I wanna look at just some funny door fails, if we could, just for a moment. First of all, this first one I have so many questions about. Let's throw it up here. Um, take, I don't, I just, here, here are the two thoughts I have. First of all, Somebody either put a pipe in, in front of the door, or secondly, this is my favorite, is that somebody actually put a door on the hinge behind the pipe. One of those two things had to happen. Either way, don't call them for your DIY at your house. Um, This next one, you might have to think for a second, but we'll take a look at it. Um, You see, that's a garage with steps. So unless your car has hydraulics or is secretly a transformer... That is a fail, a garage fail right there. All right. Um, this next one kind of deals with absolutes. It's kind of funny. We'll take a look at it here. Um, you had one job, right? <laughs> it's it's an absolute statement there. The door is either always locked or it's always open. You're not able to get in between. So again, I I don't know. You had one job. Figure that one out. Um All right. Two more here really quick, this next one, I think it just deals with a little too much transparency, too much transparency. let's take a look. see what I mean too much too <laughs> wow, too much transparency right there. all right, I know we're, we're supposed to be open and honest with one another, but that is just a little bit a little bit too much and this last one this last one has to be my favorite i'm going to have to explain it for a second, but but we'll take a look here look at this this last one so you, you see. We have a door on the bottom and a set of double doors on top. And and what I like to say with this one is the door on the bottom is for when you're having company come over, and the door on top is when you want them to leave. (laughs) It's, uh, have a nice trip, uh, see you next fall, (laughs) right? Ah, I get it, I know, I know. Good, good. You say, honey, why do they have such a large doormat? Is that a mattress? I wonder why. And, and you're like, all right, get out of here. Come on, we, we got to keep going. But all right, H- have you ever felt in your life like you've run into a door like that? One of those, it's always locked or something, or there's just a fail moment in your life. Uh, perhaps maybe we've been one of those doors to somebody in our life, right? We, all right, we'll, we'll get into that in just a second. But I want to start, I want to talk a message today that's in Acts chapter 10. We're going to be talking about how the door is open. How God is a God who says the door is open. So before we jump into this verse, there's some context here. Peter is having a moment with these Gentile believers. And all of a sudden, the Gentiles accept the gospel. They receive the gospel of Jesus Christ and are baptized. And there's this amazing moment. And so we're picking it up here in Acts chapter 10 in the message Uh, verses 34 through 36. It says, Peter fairly exploded with his good news. It's God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer. God plays no favorites. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. The message he sent to the children of Israel that through Jesus Christ, everything is being put together again. Well, he's doing it everywhere and among everyone. And so that's what we want to look into today. We want to dive into this concept of this theme of how the door is open. The door is open for us. And, and I want to look first at God, right? God is a God that says the door is open. And what's, what's so kind of surprising is, is Peter's surprise, his, his excitement and him being surprised. What's so surprising is that because he finally understands what what all of us know is that God is a God for all of us. He wants none to perish. He wants relationship with everyone. And it's kind of surprising that he's having this moment because we can read through scripture from Old Testament, New Testament, many examples that God has always been a God that says the door is open to us in our hearts. And I just want to make this crystal clear. Crystal clear that God wants relationship with everyone. Right? God wants relationship with everyone. He doesn't wish or will anyone to do bad things or to end up in bad places. He wants relationship with you and he wants relationship with me. God is a God that has always said, there's the doors open to relationship with me. There's this opportunity to be in right standing with God. And I want to take a look at an Old Testament example an example from Jesus Christ himself and then another New Testament example to really drive home this point in our, in our hearts to say God has always been a God that says the door is open. First of all, in Jonah, we see this prophet who is brought to the city of Nineveh, which was the capital of Assyria. They committed heinous crimes against the children of Israel, and still God had a heart that said, I don't want to see them perish. In Jonah 3 verse 10, he says, when God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction that he had threatened. God has this moment where he says, no, I don't want to destroy them. I don't want to hurt them. I want to be in relationship. And he spares them as they repent and as they uh, praise his name. John three sixteen, a verse maybe many of us know. Uh, we see from Jesus' own mouth. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For the whole world, right? For the whole world, God sent his son that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. And lastly, in 2 Peter 3, verse 9, Peter, who just had this experience, the same guy we're talking about, later on writes This, in 2 Peter 3, verse 9, he says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Right? We have three examples right here that says God has always been for you. God always has wanted to have relationship with you and with me. There's no barrier. There's no obstacle. Sometimes we feel as though the door has always been locked, like that fail, that door, that it just, I, I can't get in. There's, there's something in my way. That's not the case with God. He has always said the door is open to you and to me. And what's so great about this is that when we look into God and, and to his, his nature of who he is, it doesn't matter your socioeconomic status, right? It doesn't matter your race your nationality, your previous religion, or your lack of religion. God is saying, no, I want relationship with you. I want to be in relationship with you. And that's so encouraging that there's nothing that we can do. There's, there's nothing that uh, we can say. There's, there's no uh, level or limit that we can live up to. But God has said, no, I freely give this to you. He's always been a God that says the door is always open. And Jesus Christ came to this earth. He died a death that he didn't deserve to give us life in relationship with him. And he built the foundations of his church on this idea right? That there's this opportunity for us to gather together. It doesn't matter who we are, what we believe, all of these things that happened in our past, but just simply because we call upon his name and gather in his name, we are able to be a part of this. And that is why we, us, the church, must always be a place that says the door is open, right? This place, this church needs to be a place that says the door is open to you. The door is open to those not yet here. I don't, it doesn't matter what campus you're from or, or, or what church you're a part of. We want to see churches filled because it's Jesus' name that needs to be lifted high, right? We have neighbors, coworkers, family, friends, people that we know that have the opportunity to be here. And that is why we must be a church as well as being the church that says the door is open. That says the door is open to you. Here's uh, some perspective really quick about the church. The church is 2.3 billion people, 2.3 billion Christians on this earth. That is 31% of people on this earth today say that they identify as a Christian. How exciting is that? How cool is that? That One out of every three people on this earth would identify as a Christ follower. And the work for us, the mandate for us, right, is that there's still two other people that don't know. (laughs) There's still two other people that have not yet heard. So that's not an excuse. This is just a faith moment for us to say, hey, God is doing something. God is advancing his church forward, and we get to play a part in that. It's always funny because... uh, people ask me all the time, you know, what do you do? What, what do you do? We're, we all talk about, hey, what's your profession? What's your job? What, we're kind of obsessed with that over here in, in America. Of Hey, what do you do? Where do you work? All that sort of stuff. And, and sometimes I, it, it's hard to explain. I'm a pastor, you know, oh, you, this or that, and I'm a pastor. So one time, I thought I have a little bit of fun. <laughs> this lady, she asked me, she's like, hey, what do you do? What, what do you do? I, and I said, you know what? I'm a recruiter for leaders, and I develop them to get other leaders. And we are a part of the largest global organization on planet earth, <laughs> right? And she was leaned in. She was like, oh my goodness, you are so young. What is going on? Where is this going? I got to find out some more from this kid. And I'm like, yes, I'm a pastor. <laughs> and I work at a church. And, and she was a, maybe not exactly the answer she was looking for, but, but still, just interesting enough. But it's perspective for us, right? We are a part of the largest global organization on planet Earth, the church. That is a joy and exciting. And, and that is why God wants us to have a church, a body, a people that say we want the door to be open to those that are not yet here. Do you want to know why the church has such a large reach? Why? Why does the church have such a large reach in every continent of the world? Why does the church exist and why are we taking ground? It's because Christianity is the most inclusive religion in the world. It is. It is. And, and what happens is people try to use the exclusivity of Jesus Christ in order to say that we are an exclusive religion. They say, well, Jesus said, I'm the only way. Jesus said that you can only come to heaven through him. Isn't that that kind of exclusive? There's this uh, new phrase or this new uh, idea. It's not a new idea, but it's just being presented in, in a new way called universalism, where it doesn't matter what you believe, As long as your belief doesn't encroach on my belief, then we're all going to get there. I don't know where there is, but whatever you believe in, you're probably going to get there. And that's dangerous, but people use the exclusivity of Jesus to say that we're an exclusive religion. But rather, rather I, I flip it and I say, no, you know what? We're actually the most inclusive religion in the world. Because as we just looked at, as we just read, it doesn't matter who you are. Jesus came and died for you. If you accept him, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you'll be saved, period, right? We are a body of people that say, no, we are the most inclusive religion. Every other religion, right, they focus on what you have to do. Christianity is the only religion that focuses on what was already done right? What was already done? Jesus Christ through his death, it was done for us. There's nothing you could do. There's nothing you could say. There's no standard you could live up to, but it's simply by the fact that Jesus Christ did it, and we believe in it, and we grow more to be like him every single day, that we will be saved. That we will be saved. So when the Holy Spirit gets poured out In Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, Peter is quoting Joel. It's a reference from the Old Testament to whom God wants to have relationship with, right? The early church is starting, and Joel, uh, Peter quotes this. Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and 29, it says, And afterwards I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days." He's saying all these things. And then in verse 32, just a little bit after, it says, And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Right? Again, just in case you were wondering, just in case, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And do you want to know why people were so baffled by the early church? They were so baffled. They were were trying to stop it. And there was this thing and they couldn't put their finger on it. And they were, goodness, how are all these people gathering together? And it was because It was a group, a mixing, a time of people that were gathering together that had never gathered together before under the same name, under the same banner. You had men and women. You had Jews and Gentiles. You had slaves and masters and more of indentured servants is what it was, but you had those servants and masters. You had young and old gathered together and and, and people could not understand they could not put their finger under it. How in the world are all of these people? It, was, it broke every cultural norm. And yet that was the beauty of the church. The beauty of the church was how it all came together and how so many different people from so many different walks came under the same name. And that is what we have here at the church. Our church will always be a place that says the door is open. Our church will always be a place that preaches that the door is open to you. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. Uh, It doesn't matter. God has already said, I want you to be in relationship with me. And Eric Samuel Tim, uh, he came and spoke here just a few months ago. He perfectly articulated a thought that I've had for some time and trying to describe is that he said this, the grace of God will meet anyone where they're at. But the truth of God will not allow them to stay there. God's grace will meet you, will meet me, will meet anyone, wherever they're at. Well, pastor, this person, they, they, they were doing this. I found out they've been doing this. That's, that's great. They, they can come. They're welcome. Well, pastor, this person, they, they live in this lifestyle. They live in that they're welcome here. They're welcome here. Well, pastor, they, they were saying bad things about the church. They're welcome here. They don't look like us. They don't sound like. Everyone is welcome. And, and God's grace wants to meet them wherever they're at. And his truth will guide them and will push them closer to him. I know this to be true because I read in the Bible of a woman caught in the act of adultery. What happens is she's thrown out into the middle of the street, naked afraid, ashamed, literally staring death in the face. People are there about to condemn her. And what happens? Jesus steps in, the accusers fall away and he bends down, bends down to this woman and says, your sins are forgiven. Now go and sin no more. God's grace will meet us in the midst of our mess, in the midst of our brokenness. In the worst moment in your life, God is stooping down and reaching out to you and saying, your sins are forgiven. Live in relationship with me. I love you. Now go, grow, become more like me. And that is why we, you and I, us, we must be people that live lives that say the door is open. Now I'm preaching to myself right now. I know that I need to do a better job at this. This is something that I can do a better job of living this out. And we'll want to look at just some practical examples here of, of how can I, how can we live a life that exemplifies this concept of the door being open? The first thing is super simple. We, we need to befriend people. Don't be friendly to people, be friends with someone. All right? It, we can be friendly to people, but we need to start becoming friends with people. If you remember Bob Goff, who was here uh, a little bit ago, he's amazing, and he, he said this. He goes, just love on people, right? Just love on people, especially the creepy ones. <laughs> especially the people that creep you out. Go find those people. You don't, we don't know. We don't understand their story. Go find them. Be a friend. Be someone that walks alongside them. James 2 warns us not to show favoritism because somebody looks good or they smell nice or they have a lot of money. We, we can't show favoritism to people. But um, if you serve on a life team here, though, I'm just, I'm just saying, sorry, that I, you're my favorite if you serve on a life team. That's what I was trying to say. No, I can't do that. But we're not supposed to show Favorites. We need to be friends with people. Let people know that your door is open. Let your neighbors, your friends, your family, your coworkers know that your door is open. And I don't mean this in the way of like, right, we've all worked at a job and we've all had that time where it's people come in and they knock on and they say, hey, it's your first day, I'm the boss. Hey, Jack. And you're like, oh, it's Jake. And they're like, it's fine, Jack, I wanna tell you something. We have an open door policy here at uh, this company. We have an open door policy. If you need anything, Jack, if you need anything, you just let me know. Just come into my door, come into my office. It's open door policy. And then the only time you actually need the boss, they're like in a meeting or like in a conference call and you're like, I thought the door was always open. Why is it always closed, right? That's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're talking about here. This is living a life that says the door's open to other people because you wanna know why? People are really going through some of the worst moments of their life right now. You may know them. People are on the brink of divorce in your workplace, in your neighborhood. People are experiencing financial crisis right now that you know by name. People who have lost a loved one. There's been a death in the family. Someone who's going through the hardest time of their life and Sometimes we just we don't know what to say and so we choose not to do anything, we choose not to say anything. And I want to tell you that these are people that are crying out desperately just to be heard. Just to be heard saying, "Please, someone acknowledge me. Someone just listen to me. I don't need you to preach to me. I just need you to listen." We don't always need to understand but we do need to stand alongside, right? There are people that are going through major issues, major things, and you know them. You could be a part of their restoration and their redemptive story simply by listening. And if there's anyone that needs to stop talking the most, it's me, right? I get that. I'm one of those people. I could talk to a tree for like 10 minutes and then be like, oh my goodness, you weren't even a person, (laughs) right? Like, what am I doing? I was at the bookstore the other day with with my girlfriend uh, and and we were there and I was talking, I was reading all the books and I was going through the leadership books and I'm saying all these things, I turn around and she's gone. I'm like, what the, oh my gosh. I've just been talking to myself for like 10 minutes, just going through all the books, right? So I get that we don't, some of us, we just need to stop talking and we need to start listening. Start listening to people. Now, I want to time out. I'm going to jump in really quick here. This is not gossip, okay? This cannot turn into gossip where we're talking to people, having this open door thing, and we're like, oh, my gosh, did you see Becky yesterday? Yeah, she was, like, at happy hour. She had, like, three sushi rolls. Does she not know that shrimp tempura is going straight to her thighs? Like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, Becky, whatever. This is great. Like, open door, sister. Let me know if you know the gossip. This is not this is not what we're talking about. This is genuine. This is true. This is relationship with people. Walking alongside them saying, you know what? I wanna be there. I wanna understand. I don't need to say anything. I'm just gonna be here. And the last thing, something for us too, is, is let's open up our homes to our friends, to our coworkers, to our neighbors, Now we kind of have this thing where our garage door becomes the modern day drawbridge, right? We open it up for those four seconds to get in the house. We close the garage door and we're saying, I don't need the outside world. I don't need you. You don't need me. I'm content living in here and and, and I'm just going to push people out. Again, that may not be what we're saying outright, but it's that symbol of that drawbridge that says we're keeping people out. And what if we were a people that opened up our homes? That started life groups simply to see our neighborhoods changed, to see our coworkers saved, to see people come to relationship with God just because we could open our door physically, opening the door, saying, you know what, my door is always open. John 1335 says this, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you love one another, it's simple as that. If we live life with love, people will know that you're a Christian more than what we have to say, more than anything we have to do. Just live in love. So I don't know what God was speaking to you tonight. I don't know there was something earlier that was said. Maybe you're wondering or, or hoping or dreaming that this idea that God wants relationship with you, your, your heart was burning, your, your heart was racing, your spirit was saying, this is what you need. Perhaps for some, it was saying, no, I, I need to let go of that hate or that disagreement with others that are a part of this body, that we need to be a church that says the door is open. Or maybe the challenge of you and I, us, the people of God saying, you know what? I want to live a life more than anything else that says the door is open for people. My neighbors, my coworkers, my friends. Think about this. If each one of us in here brought one person to church next week, if each one of us brought one person to church, this church would double. This church would double if we brought one person We all know one person that needs God, that needs relationship. So I don't know where God was hitting you tonight, where he was hitting you today, whatever his spirit was saying, but at the end of this service, we will have prayer teams at the front. If you need to give your life to Jesus, if you need to repent and get back in relationship with him, come find a prayer team member. If you need to forgive someone or release that forgiveness that you have on someone, come to a prayer team member. If you need an idea or a challenge or just prayer in faith to say, I want to live a life that says, I want my door to be open, come and find a prayer team member. So I'm going to pray, and at the end of this prayer, we're all going to stand And then we're gonna sing again one last time. So bow your heads with me. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for this night. We thank you and praise you for your word. God, you are illuminating something to each and every person. I pray whatever you've spoken, may it penetrate deep into their hearts. May you speak to them, whatever it is, that they would take a step of faith, saying, God, the door is open to you. The door is open to our neighbors and coworkers. So we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.